Yo 
Joy. 
church let's thank him for what he's done in this place today
forget, church, what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Come on, let's give him some praise in this place. You guys sound amazing this morning, lifting up the song the church. Greet each other this morning. Say hi to the person around you. Good morning, Judy. most awesome opportunity this morning to see some baptisms. We have four children, four children being baptized. You'll be able to watch them on the video feed right here in just a minute. Pastor Walter will be baptizing four children. That is an awesome opportunity to see young people, young people giving their life to Christ. We have a very special event here. We have four kids coming to make their public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask, first of all, Bentley to come down here. Bentley? Hey, Bentley, what, what grade are you in? First grade. He's in first grade. We'll have you get up here. Okay. What is your testimony today? Jesus Christ is... Yes, amen. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now I'm going to you hold on to my arm right here, okay? Then I baptize you, my brother, Bentley Wells, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and raised to walk in newness of life. This is Christian Cascio. Christian, what is your profession of faith today? Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you hold on to my arm right here. Okay. okay. Then I baptize you, my brother Christian, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and raised to all communities of life. This is Liam Fernando. Okay, Liam, what's your testimony today? Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I'm going to have you hold on to my arm right here with both hands. Okay. I baptize you, my brother Liam, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and raised to walk in newness of life. And now we have Liam's older brother. This is Landon. And Landon, what is your testimony today? Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I'll have you hold on to my arm there. Then I baptize you, my brother Landon Fernando, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and raised to walk in newness of life. We 
I'm so excited about these kids making this decision. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these young men. Lord, who decided to walk with you. And Lord, I pray you make their paths straight. Lord, I ask that you bless them, keep them holy. And Lord, use them in power. In your name I pray. Amen. Hard to follow that, right? <laughs> Welcome. We're so glad you're here at Anastasia. My name is Judy Trippy. I'm the women's minister here. And we're just so glad you're here. If this is your first time coming or you've been coming in a while and you haven't filled out a Connect card, we'd love to get to know you. We've set up a couple ways for you to do that. We have people at the welcome desk out in the atrium. They would love for you to sit down with them, stand right there with them, whatever questions you have. We love that. Also, we have a digital platform set up. And you can text the same word, Connect, to 904 441-6900 and that will take you to a connect card and you can fill that out if you have any questions you can put them there and also when you scroll down on that connect card you will see a place for prayer request and we would love to pray with you even during the week if you have a prayer request and you want us to come alongside of you we'd love love you to do that as well also, you have a paper a bulletin in your hand. We also have a digital bulletin. And that digital bulletin, you're going to text the same. We're going to text the word news to the same phone number, 904-441-6900. And that's going to take you to the bulletin so that you can see what's going on. If you're like me and you might lose it in the middle of the week, that way you can find it there as well. Just a couple of things I want to highlight for you. Our Vacation Bible School starts June the 5th through the 9th. We call it VBS, but it's Vacation Bible School. It's for our children that have finished kindergarten going from first to fifth grade. And they started registration on Friday. So I encourage you to go ahead and sign up your kiddos. We have a place out in the atrium at the tables. You can sign up. You can also check in your bulletin and you can sign up from there. If you'd like to volunteer, we need volunteers. We have a lot of youth already, but we need some adults, 18 years or older. If you'd like to do that, you can go out in the atrium also and talk with them, or you can sign up online, look at your bulletin. It'll be there, the information for you also. You saw the baptisms of the four children. Well, you have an opportunity if you're sitting there and you'd like to be baptized and you're like, Wow, I'd love to be baptized in the ocean. Well, April 30th, which is a Sunday at 1 o'clock at St. Augustine Beach, we will have a baptism. If that's something God is calling you to do, please come up front in the invitation. We'd love to sign you up. We have counselors that would be willing to speak with you. Uh, just let God prick your heart on that one for sure. Going back to our kids, we're going to be, you're going to be seeing a video in just a moment of a drone of the buildings that we're building. What an opportunity to have a place that's safe for our kids. What an opportunity that we can bring more children here to the activity center that we're having. We're gonna call it that, um, the, the rec center. And then we have a family center for our children as well, from children to youth. And I love the video. It really gives you a bird's eye view of what's going on. If you haven't had the opportunity to see that, it's just one of those things, you know, God is calling you to do. This is the generosity of our church. We're still going forward. It's been a vision for a long time and God is fulfilling that vision to reach out to more children. So you say, well, how do I do that? How do I give for that? Well, if you look in front of your chairs, you will see some cards and that kind of walks you through giving the form of worship 
It walks you through the different ways that you can give. We have been diligently trying to make it easier for you to give, whether you're giving for the, the needs of our church to keep our doors open, as they say, or give for our missions, or also to give for generations to come. Would you please pray with me? Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, when I see the building and I see those four children, Father God, I just thank you that they're so young that they've accepted Christ and that he will lead them and be with them in their lives as they grow up. Lord, that we will reach more children as we build the buildings. And it's through our generosity of our church that have been giving so diligently to that. Lord, I just thank you so, so much for that as well. We just love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I have the honor to, to welcome Pastor Dan. Hello. <laughs> well, it's exciting to see just how God is on the move at Anastasia, seeing young people give their lives to Christ, seeing uh, plans for uh, just future ministry through, uh, through these buildings. And, you know, that's what buildings are. They're just tools that we uh, have the honor to use uh, for ministry, uh, reaching out to families, reaching out to just the community, and uh, so thankful for the, the vision and the mission of Anastasia Church and just all that, all that God is doing. You know, it's, it's been a little while since I've been here, and there are a lot of new faces, so I thought I'd give myself a, a proper introduction this morning. Uh, my name is Dan Ott, and I am not a handyman. Are, are there any other men in this room that would admit to that? That you're just, you're just not a hand. I, thank you, brothers, for, for admitting that. Um, I am not good at home projects. Uh, I am particularly not good at doing home projects with my wife. Um, it, it can be pretty bad. And yet, at times, what I set out to do, though, is to be that handyman I think I should be. Or at least the handyman that I think Donna thinks I should be, because that can get kind of tricky, and so we'll set out, and we'll, we'll try to tackle some home projects, and let me tell you, it rarely goes well. See, inevitably, my pride gets the best of me. When, when things don't go just right, when they don't line up just right, I just start kind of getting a little anxious about that, and uh, I tend to take it out on Donna. This happened a few years ago when we thought it was a good idea for a non-handyman and a non-handyman's uh, wife to, uh, to lay some floors in our house by ourselves, and uh, it didn't go well. We did it just a few weeks ago when we hung some wallpaper. I don't know who still hangs wallpaper in their home, but we thought it was a good idea to try that too. And uh, man, when, when things didn't match up, mm, yeah. It can be so bad that the one time that we did a project and we're still friends, when we finished, we still liked each other, we celebrated. Yeah, <laughs> true, true story. But you know, God hasn't just called us to do some home projects, right? He's called us to build the family uh, and, and to build the family in such a way that it brings glory and honor to him. Just as we sang you know, the, the songs we sing bring honor and glory to him. But, you know, the way we live our lives and the way we build our families can bring glory to his name as well. And the way we approach and resolve conflicts in the family can do just that. 
it can bring glory to the name above every name. And it can literally point people to Jesus. Those in our family and those around us who are, who are watching the way we are building our family. Because listen, the absence of conflict in a Christian home does not make a good Christian home. Let me say that again. The absence of conflict in a Christian home does not make a good Christian home. Not at all, but a family that resolves conflict in a healthy way, in a way that brings peace to the home, in a way that that unifies rather than uh, divides, and in a way that brings healing when that conflict that occurs inflicts some wounds on those in the family. Uh, Those things can happen when we resolve conflict in a healthy way. And, and that family, it'll be that family that will withstand the storms of life when they come because the storms come against each and every family, but they'll be able to bring glory to God in the process. But you know, that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. In fact, what Jesus says does just happen is trouble, trouble. He said there in John sixteen thirty three that in this world, you will have trouble. Paul would go on to say that those who are married will have trouble in this life. And so what does that tell us? It tells us that that's just something that we need to understand and expect as we build our families. Trouble, conflict. I can expect trouble in my marriage and in my family. And you know what? You can too. You can too. And so part of building the family is knowing then how to approach and how to resolve the trouble or the conflict arises again so that we can bring glory to God and peace to our home. And so if peace and unity and healing don't just happen, but trouble does, that tells me we have some work to do. Work that can be attempted by leaning on our own understanding and our own wisdom or work that must be done by fully trusting in God's wisdom. If you have your Bible, turn with me to James chapter three, as we continue in this series called Building the Family. Now I know some of you are in the same season of life as I am. I'm actually gonna be a grandpa uh, come August for the first time. Thank you, thank you. Um, And I know some of you may be beyond this season of life that I'm in. And you may be thinking, I've already built my family. Isn't this all just a a little late? Well, let me tell you, every season of life, and I probably don't need to tell you this, but I'm going to anyway. Every season of life has the opportunity for conflict to be resolved in the family. Can anyone testify to that? Yeah, yeah. Now, we're going to be looking at a lot of different scriptures this morning. And, and what you may notice with these scriptures are that few, if any, of the verses that we're going to look at directly speak to marriage or family. But you know, as believers, any scripture, any scripture that instructs us on our walk with Jesus, walking out this new life that we've been, been given, suddenly become marriage and family verses. And so as you hear me read these verses from James chapter three, hear them 
from the perspective of those relationships you have in your family. And let's, so let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. And I'm going to be starting in uh, verse 13 of James chapter 3. This is what James writes. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I'm going to read the first three verses of chapter 4. It says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray that you would take your word, your word that is living and active, and God, that you would penetrate our hearts down to the deepest part of who we are, that God, you would teach us, you would correct us, you would train us in righteousness, all for your glory, that we might be equipped to carry out your good works. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, I absolutely love God's word. In fact, a little, little bit ago, someone asked me if I was excited about preaching this morning. Let me tell you, I, I get excited about preaching every Sunday I have the opportunity, but I, I absolutely love God's word. But, but I'm not sure I love how James calls out the person responsible for the quarrels and fights that I have in my relationships. Why? Because if I read a passage like this and see it is written for me, it says that the biggest threat to my relationships, and in this case, the biggest threat to my family, is me. It's my heart. And you know what? That is so true because the truth is I have passions at war within me as James writes here my desires even my motives have to be kept in check now if we look at what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia we see that the battle is between the desires of the flesh that that part of me that has the tendency to want to do life apart from God that's what scripture is talking about when it talks about our our flesh uh, some call it the self-life, but you've got the desires of the flesh warring against the desires of the spirit. And, and in the family or really any relationship, you've got the desires of my flesh against the desires of my wife's flesh or my kid's flesh. And that's when the fireworks really begin. I mean, it can, it can get pretty exciting there, but, but internally in my heart, in your heart, we have the desires of the flesh against the desires of the spirit, the spirit which indwells each and every believer. Meaning in Christ, we have the capacity, even the responsibility to then resolve conflict in our own heart. 
And that's where we got to start. We got to resolve the conflict that's going on in our own heart. You know, in re-engage, we call that drawing the circle around ourselves. Because our natural tendency, at least mine is, I'm not going to tell on you guys, but my natural tendency is to look at, at our spouse, my spouse, or, or my kids, or whoever it is I'm in conflict with, and see that the problem lies with them, right? Not me. Uh, but the concept of drawing the circle around yourself is meant to have you look at everyone inside that circle and worry about that person and take care of that person, resolve the conflict in that person's life. In other words, start with yourself. Jesus would say that we need to take the log out of our own eyes so that we can then see clearly to take the speck, that, that minor offense, that little thing that bothers us out of our brother's eye, or in this case, our spouse's eye, or our kid's eye. And Paul, there in Galatians, really just gives us two steps to do this as a believer. Galatians 5.16 says this, But I say to you, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Again, the Bible says that each and every believer has been given the Spirit, and then calls us to be filled with the Spirit. And, and once filled, what will we do? We will then follow his lead. We'll follow his guidance. We'll, we'll be reminded of, of God's ways and how he wants us to move in life. But here's the first thing the Spirit will call you to do. And, and really, Paul assumes this is already true of these he's writing to. But the first thing the Spirit will call you to do is to crucify the flesh with its desires and passions. It's what he says in Galatians 5, 24 and 25, so that we can walk, continue walking by the Spirit. The call is to walk by the Spirit, but we've got to crucify the flesh so that we can continue walking by the Spirit, that very Spirit that has given us that new life to walk in. You see, if we put our fleshly desires to death, that is what is earthly within us, then our self, our flesh, will no longer have the capacity to wage war against the Spirit. And what will happen instead is we'll be free to live the Christ life rather than the self life. Because when it comes to resolving conflict, I have to resolve the conflict in my own heart first. Then, and only then, can I work to rightly resolve conflict in my family. And that's the next thing on your outline there if you're taking notes. Work to resolve conflict in my family. Now back to James chapter three. He starts with this question in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? You see, the tendency is for all of us to go, well, I am, right? But James challenges the reader and says, by his good conduct then, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. His works. How is wisdom and understanding seen? Well, James would argue that it's by his works, just as he would earlier argue that's how our faith is seen, by our works. But listen, resolving conflict takes work and it takes wisdom. And it takes understanding. Now, it can be easy for, for each of us to automatically think 
that in this relationship where there's conflict arising, that we're the one operating in wisdom, right? When what we need to see is that we're often just operating in what makes sense to us, which may or may not be coming from wisdom, or at least not from the wisdom from above, right? Because James contrasts earthly wisdom here with the wisdom that comes from above. And often we're operating, sadly, in earthly wisdom. Again, wisdom that makes sense to our flesh, to our fleshly selfish desires that then cause those quarrels and fights in our home. He even says that wisdom is marked by jealousy and listen, selfish, right? There's that self-life, selfish ambition. But the truth is the only way conflict will be resolved in a healthy manner where peace is the result is to work in the wisdom and understanding of the spirit of God. And so walk in the wisdom from above, which he gives the marks of here. So if you're wondering whether or not you're walking in that wisdom, listen to these marks of the wisdom from above. Pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And so let me ask you, or you can ask yourself, is this the wisdom I'm walking in and working in to resolve conflict in my family? If not, that conflict, listen, it may end up getting resolved, but peace is certainly gonna be lacking. That there won't be any real unity in your home if it gets resolved like that. And peace? Now, if we want peace in our home, James says here in verse 18, we have to then sow peace. We have to sow peace if we want peace. And the results will be marked by righteousness. What, what an incredible promise we see there. But again, it takes work. It takes walking in wisdom. And while the marks of those are given here in James, that wisdom from above, scripture also gives us some wisdom really throughout to walk in. And from that, I just wanna give us two practical steps of wisdom this morning. And the first one is this, as you're working to resolve conflict, Strive to build your relationships, not your case. Strive to build your relationships, not your case. You you understand the difference. I don't have to explain that, do I? No. No, remember the goal is peace, unity, and healing, not to prove you're right, which means you have to value the relationship more than you value being right. And one way to do that is you're communicating about the conflict, which is always a must. You've got to communicate with the other person about the conflict. But as you're doing that, you have to start by listening. Listen for understanding, not to make a reply. Listen for understanding so that you can see the other person's point of view, so that you can hear the other person's feelings. Don't just listen to know how to come back at them to further build your case. Proverbs 18, 13, obviously Proverbs is just full of wisdom, but Proverbs 18, 13 speaks to this. It says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. In other words, you may look the fool when you just go ahead and speak into something that you haven't even heard everything being said yet about it, right? 
you may end up looking the fool. Earlier in that same chapter of Proverbs, uh, Solomon writes this. He says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Listen, if you want to build the relationship, which should be the desire of each and every believer, listen for understanding, not to reply. Second, when you do speak, after listening for understanding, speak to build up. Speak to build, speak to build the relationship up. Speak to build the other person up. You know, just prior to these words about wisdom here in James 3, uh, James speaks quite pointedly about our tongue, saying that from our mouth, from our tongue, comes both blessing and curses. But then he adds these words, my brothers, these things ought not to be so, right? With a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit of God, only blessings should flow out of our mouth. And so we can know that when we're walking and working in the wisdom from above, that's what will come out of our mouth, blessing. Paul wrote in Ephesians to let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion Listen, that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah, speak to build up. Give grace to your family. Not, don't, don't tear them down with your words. Don't condemn them. That's not gonna build the relationship up one bit. Words of grace, words of life, words of truth spoken in love. Those are the things that will build the relationship toward that peace, unity, and healing you're seeking. Let me give you just one more action step this morning. And this one, as well as that, that first one of resolving conflict in your own heart, that's gonna help keep peace the norm in your family so far as it depends on you, right? That's what Paul would tell us in Romans 12, to, to live at peace with everyone so far as it depends on you. But here's what we need to do as we look further into what James writes here in chapter four. Remain humble and clean, before God and my family. Remain humble and clean before God and my family. Now I started out admitting how my pride gets the better of me and how things don't go well between me and Donna when that happens. And it doesn't just happen during home projects, let me, let me tell you. And so this is directed right at me. When I read these words, I'm, I'm reading them to Dan. And so listen to James' words here, beginning in verse six of chapter four. He says, and I love this first phrase, but he gives more grace. How many of y'all need more grace? Yeah, but he gives more grace, praise God. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. There's some harsh words there, but some great promises there about those who, who humble themselves before God. But all of that is to simply say this, take your sin and your pride seriously. Take your sin and your, your, your pride seriously. Remain humble and clean. And you know, part of remaining humble and clean is confession. 
1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so confess your sin to God and to your family. And you know who that includes at times? Your kids. It includes your kids. You know, I think one of the most powerful things that I've been able to do in my relationship with my kids, and listen, I don't always get this right. My pride still gets the better of me and I fail to do this at times. But when I confess my sins to my kids, ask their forgiveness and receive the grace they extend to me, it shows them that dad doesn't get a pass just because he's dad. And certainly not because dad's a pastor, right? And it shows them that our family is a safe place for them to confess their sins. It shows them that forgiveness is available in our family. And it shows them that when that forgiveness is available, that they need to receive that grace and that forgiveness. And it teaches them that there is conflict going on in their own heart, just like there is in mine that needs to be resolved. And and all of that puts the relationship above being right. The result of all of that is peace. As more grace is given, as more peace is sown, peace is the result. Not necessarily the absence of conflict. No, that still happens. But peace, unity, and healing in the family. But again, it takes work. It takes wisdom. And it takes a whole lot of humility. And so let me close with these words from Paul to the church at Rome. And as you hear these words, take these words and apply them to your family, to your relationships this morning so that God gets the glory. But this is what Paul writes. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So then, Paul writes, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you how, how very practical your word is to us, Lord. But we understand that it's only by your spirit living in us, really, that allows us to see rightly what your word is telling us. And, and only then... That, we're empowered to live out what your word is telling us. Lord, you've told us not to just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. And God, I pray that, Lord, as we step out of this place, as we step into our relationships, into our families again, even as we get in the car to go home, Lord, that you would help us in these conflicts in our family to resolve them in a healthy way so that you and you alone get the glory. Father, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, that name that is above every name. Amen and amen. Will you stand with me? You know, at the end of every service, we have the opportunity just to to respond what God is doing in your heart as a result of his living and active word. And it may be this morning that how you need to respond doesn't take place in this room. It may take place as soon as you leave here by making a phone call to someone you're in conflict with. Maybe it's a a child of yours that you're estranged from. Maybe it's a spouse that you're having conflict right now with at, at such a level that they're not here with you this morning. 
But know this, that even as we're here this morning, we wanna pray with you and for you as you go out from this place, as you enter into those relationships and enter into that conflict, that God would go ahead of you into that. And so we're gonna be here at the front. I'm gonna be here ready to receive you, to pray with you. It may be this morning that you're realizing this conflict in your heart that needs to be resolved is a result of you not knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like these four young children declared today, Jesus is Lord. Have you confessed that in your life this morning? That's the only way conflict is going to begin to be resolved in your heart. And so if you're ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come as well. This is the time, this is the place. And so as we sing, as the Spirit leads, I urge you to come. Let's sing together.
faithful, amen? Not, not, one, not one word of the Lord will fail. You know, that's what uh, the people of Israel experienced as they conquered the land of Israel. You know, he's given us places to conquer in our lives through the Spirit of God. And not a single word of his will fail. But we have to remember a word he spoke is that we're going to have trouble in this life. All right? That won't fail either. But when we trust him, when we take him at his word, doing the things he's called us to do as his people, he won't fail us. That peace, that unity, that healing will come into your life. You can trust that. You can walk in his faithfulness knowing he's with you. I pray you have an incredible day and that God leads you out of here in his grace and in his peace. Amen. God bless.